0: Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we talk about movies we love. Break them apart! To find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined by my former cult member, bad babysitter, um, worst dog owner, and co-host. I totally resent that description. Put upon,
1: put upon babysitter Alex Dandino
0: that is true if there is a case to be made in the movie it's that i don't know that she all the way asked to be a babysitter as much as the movie lets (laughs) on. all right that's neither here nor there we got to get to some big news so guys if you're here with us spending time with us watching movies with us we hope you love the show uh if you do please take a second and leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show that helps us out so much guys uh, we've had some people doing it recently, especially on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out a ton. Really
1: appreciate it. They've been great reviews, we do too, have, by
0: the way. Yes, that's right. And we do have a YouTube channel, uh, Nerd Alchemist. That's plural at the S at the end. We're seeing more of you stop by to, uh, you know, maybe watch some reviews, leave some comments there. That's a fun place for us to do some stuff. Working on some new things. Uh, we forgot movie trailers are still coming out, so we've got some good ones that we're going to be reacting to soon. Yeah. So lots of fun stuff for the YouTube. Other big projects on the way, so... Stay tuned there. And then, as always, guys, get at us on social media. Uh, We really are active on Twitter more than anything else, at FilmAlchemist1. So you can get on us there. Tell us, people, you'd like to hear on the show, movies you'd like to see covered. If you have a theme for a month, a double feature, something new that came out, anything, guys. We want to talk about the movies you want to talk about as well, man. That's how we'll give you the best version of the show. Also, you can email the show, FilmAlchemistPod at gmail.com with the same information enough business we got devastation and cruelty and trauma to discuss alex. and
1: not and not so. just because griffy sounds like bill Hader. let's do
0: this damn dude yeah i took the l on that uh <laughs> <laughs> reviewer said that in a positive way one of us sounded like bill Hader, and i just was like michael jordan laughing at gary payton in the last dance level sure that it was alex i've been called a lot of things never a bill hater though so that's something i can now add to my, my resume but yeah alex wins on that one <laughs> maybe we all win i don't know You're i, I told between, alex but i, I always it. feel like i'm more of a i have an orson wells for the common man voice
1: <laughs> yeah uh no definitely not i would not go with orson wells <laughs> of the people
0: you know what Just i mean saying. instead it's more of like a stogie and, like, maybe, like, a cool jacket, like a leather jacket, like the Fonz, instead of the cape and the, the cigarette on a stick. Orson but me and Orson could... have a lot of things in common. Good
1: God. Yeah, that's Beards, true. Beards, you know... both gaining rapid Beards, amount of weight. <laughs> both, both, both eating themselves to death. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just losing respect by the bucket load every day.
1: There is some errant recording of you bitching about having to do a chip, uh, chip ad or something like that.
0: For sure. No, I'm just saying, if I had a spirit animal, I think it could be late Faze Orson Welles. But again, that's neither here nor there. Because we're here today to talk about a new film, man. A fucking new film. uh, Which I think we've all desperately been missing. This one, while we didn't get to go to a cinema to see it, uh, it did come out on Hulu, which is rapidly becoming one of the best places to watch independent films. Yes. They have an amazing fucking library, but it's weird. I feel like no one talks about how good their library is. I think
1: is. they have uh, most of the neon catalog, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, but, like, you know, uh, they drop the Nightingale stuff. Like, like they always are having these good kind of smaller flicks pop-up. Mm-hmm. I Trapped the Devils there, which we've covered on the show. Yep. This one, though, The Lodge. Uh, We were so fucking pumped to cover this. Could not find it anywhere near me uh, here in Indiana. I think it was here for like a weekend, but I was busy, so I couldn't go see it. Very sad because I liked the previous movie, uh, Goodnight Mommy. I'm trying to remember what the director's names are at the top of my Uh, head. Veronica
1: Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala.
0: There you go, Al. Yeah. Correct. So I saw Goodnight Mommy in the theaters with my friend Sam when I was still living in L.A., Love the movie, and I feel like I love that movie, but it had this enormous kind of like, why'd you do that, right? Good Night Mommy has this kind of like big reveal, shocking twist moment, but I feel like everyone in the theater figures out, I don't know, the first scene you can possibly figure it out, right? But I saw that movie, right? And that aside, I was like, this is a great movie. You could just tell there was a style and a power to the direction. I was like, these directors are going to keep making good stuff so i was stoked to see the lodge um and i think this movie really delivers and i have a grand theory that i'll save towards the end of the show but alex what were your initial takeaways uh with the lodge uh
1: i mean i assume it lives in the same universe as the hereditary uh family
0: um it definitely has the hereditary vibe i mean yeah
1: like Just from the jump, like, and again, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I actually really like that aesthetic, but just, like, in general, the way Veronica Franz and Severin Friala make this movie feels very much in the realm of, like, the Ariasters of the world, where, like, first Mm -hmm. off, from the jump, we start with, like, a long hallway shot inside a dollhouse. like, okay, so there's that, and there's just a lot of these, like... The new
0: subgenre is Be Terrified of White's, that yeah. have fancy dollhouses. Yeah. Whites like, that have fancy dollhouses and, thing.
1: like, like great white-collar jobs. Like, that's, like, pretty yeah, much... Yeah, rich,
0: rich whites that have very swanky dollhouse. Uh, yeah. Something is going horribly wrong yeah. in that house, for whites,
1: sure. Whites <laughs> that have uh, dollhouses that are not for play for children. That's, that's, the, new, <laughs> that's the new subgenre of horror movies.
0: Well, this uh, is... I'm going to get to this later, but we should have been tipped off to this immediately, because the opening montage of the dollhouse they're like wow there's a creepy uh virgin mary oh there's a tiny little like 136 scale pistol on the table and i was like who is playing with this fucking house but then i I figured it out
1: but i mean ultimately (laughs) yeah i like the movie was very interesting it has a lot of uh for me we talk a lot on the show a lot about the give you got to give one for the movie like there has to be one sort of sacrificial lamb of logic (laughs) no pun intended um to actually move the story forward. And I feel like The Lodge takes its liberty with a couple, actually. But it does not distract me to the point where I can't watch the movie. And I think that's the power of the movie in itself.
0: Right. Well, I think what they do is the style, the directing, and the acting is very strong, right? Yeah. This movie feels really under control. So even what struck me about it, right, I I was sitting there watching, and it's one of those movies I almost wanted to turn off, even though I was enjoying it. Yeah. Because it's just fucking brutal. Yeah. Right. And it just felt to me, and this is, I mean, I get, because we talk about this, right? The give, as you call it, is if characters in movies acted like us, there wouldn't be movies, right? If I hear a disgusting, creepy sound, right? I'd be like, yep, bye. Like, burn my house down and hope I get insurance. I'm not going to sit there and like try to battle with the poltergeist. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Sorry. Like I don't care what what happens, I'm out. Right. That's yeah. why we have to give something because that's how movies occur. Right? right. Exactly. This one, I felt like the give was this dad in this movie, Richard Armitage's character is the worst dad maybe in the history of movie. Darth Vader chops his son's hand off, still a better father.
1: Yeah. Than the I, dad in this movie. Yeah, I think but I that's not a you, give because I think the, maybe I texted you a, when I was watching it and I was like, <laughs> the dad's the give, right? Because absolutely no one would a do this to their children and B do this to their like new girlfriend.
0: Like, right. Well, okay. That's the thing. But this guy, this guy is in a class of guy that we see in movies. Sometimes I grew up with like the classic midwestern. I always said, right. Like, you know how you have like that. You were like your family when you grew up, like, were you Seinfelds? Were you cheers? Were you, we were Roseanne people. That's like the life I grew up in. Right. And so the thought of this dad is insanity right because the version of this dad in my world would have been like yeah your mom's a bitch i'm out (laughs) like you know very much like my own father did right just like ah we're just not gonna do this anymore good try good game son uh you know hope you make it (laughs) right that's like what our dad did he just left but the idea of a dad who wants to do equally as little as my own father but also be in your face all the time fucking your shit up yeah but this this becomes this – he is a class of really rich old guy who, you know, thinks he can still – you know, he's still – some 20-year-old is desperate for his old man cock and balls, right? Like, he still is, like, really cool. Yeah. And he's just like, you know, someday my kids will be old enough to appreciate that I had to, you know, be running around stretching it out. Right. Everyone's going to be thankful I made these choices. Well, Richard Armitage's
1: character <laughs> lends itself to, like – the special genre of dads in horror movies who are like faux lumberjacks who also fancy themselves like a man of the people in some way. And that sort of (laughs) festers into this like weird thing of like, I can fix anything by being not present, but omnipresent. Meaning if my like overall value is that I like put kids in a house I'm all, yeah. I'm ultimately the best dad or I'm I'm working on it right. and like like I thought like I cuz I was when I was watching <laughs> it cuz again just the aesthetic is so similar like I was, while I was watching it. I've honestly thought about Gabriel Byrne, who we've been on record saying that's the worst dad we've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> he's
0: not he he's aloof, but he's not like an actively bad father. He's right? not actively
1: bad. This but guy Aloof, reminds is, me more aloof of... is just as bad though. Like if Richard Armitage no, 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 was just no, 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 aloof no. in this movie, things might have gone infinitely better. Okay,
0: here's the difference though: the difference between him in uh, Hereditary, right? Gabriel Burns and the dad in this would have been if <laughs> I mean I don't know Gabriel Burns would have had to be holding his dad down while the naked Owls just like had added on top of him right this guy's like hey here's this lady who's unstable right you guys don't know each other they do that brilliant title card that says six months later he's like guess what we're shacking up and I can't write my book on Colts remotely I have to leave you with no car and then, as I'm leaving, hey, uh, unstable girlfriend, dude, 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 gun combo, let's go. He sees her just whip out a gun and terminate her some bottles. And he's like, what could go wrong?
1: Yeah, there's so much. <laughs> that's
0: not aloof. That's actively destructive.
1: Yeah, no, that's actively putting your children in harm's way.
0: However. Oh, I also forgot the most abusive, horrible moment. And again, remember, their mother killed herself six months ago, in part because he decided he had to go, you know, drive this dick around town. Right. So he's partially respond. The gun that kills her phallic, right? That's also his dick is the killer, right? His right. dick is also doing the killing. He decides not only <laughs> am I going to leave them here with her? No communication. No, this, no, that here's a gun for her. Also. Hey kids, why don't you just listen to me? Bounce this broad around <laughs> all hours of the night. Are you fucking kidding? So not only is this uncomfortable, but he's like, I know. Hey, you've had six months to get over it. Now listen to new moms moaning and cackling. It's just What? So... I was watching the screen actively just like I almost it was the I will say this. This movie made me a little bit like, you know what? Maybe I should answer my dad's Facebook messages because he did leave me alone and not subject me to this. <laughs> there is like a weird Again. <laughs> it's so could you imagine it's so
1: bizarre like honestly again like there's not a single choice the dad makes in this movie that i'm like well that's definitely a sound decision based on parental guidance like there's no. nothing done in this movie that is like right. in service of his children but more importantly or like, his girlfriend or his girl <laughs> like, exactly he or, his girlfriend. <laughs> or his girlfriend or his <laughs> unstable former cult member girlfriend who clearly has some horrible residual issues and again it's like imagine and let's the- be clear
0: here we're not saying that she's unstable and a bad person no she suffered a massive fucking trauma yeah. and like here's an idea before she comes in the house maybe take away all the religious paraphernalia that was used to torture her as a kid right. that's a five-minute give
1: yeah maybe make it a little better just make it <laughs> again there's so much bizarre like horrible horrible it's not even horrible parent behavior it's like horrible person behavior on a regular like on a regular steady stream from this character and like the only time you get a sense that he actually gives a shit is when he can't actually get a hold of them on the phone and he's like oh god i'm so worried i hope the i hope the roads are clear i'm like really asshole
0: like so full of shit no you know what it is he's like oh man if she murder suicides everyone up there i'm gonna have to miss my golf trip next weekend (laughs) that's the kind of dad we're dealing with well no what movie. he's really
1: doing <laughs> is like oh god man now i gotta go back up to have christmas with those fucking rugrats instead of staying down in town and pounding the sliz like that's really oh, what he was doing you
0: think he's already he's already found the next mrs claus oh yeah <laughs> already. hey kids here's another ho 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 you have to stay with it for the winter
1: <laughs> oh my god
0: sorry now i'm into grandma's stuff let's rage there's legitimately like <laughs> hey four- Colt lady was- <laughs> can you pack up your dog that never moves and beat
1: it. <laughs> yes, there were like four times, and my wife and I were watching the movie. We were watching, it. we like we Andrea watched the movie with me, and there were four times we both like at the same time shouted like, "You got to be fucking kidding me," or something along yes. those lines. Like no it's fucking that kind way. of
0: a movie though, where every you want to know that. <laughs> There's a moment in the movie I was like, red flag, red fucking flag is when she turns off the thing in favor of watching an equally creepy movie, Jack Frost. I was like, whoa, this lady, you got to get the fuck out of this,
1: That was the best. Oh, my God. I'm so (laughs) glad you said that because honestly- like I don't know, uh, actually, uh, there's a podcast called "How Did This Get Made." Uh, I went and saw, I'm sure all of you listened to it. I went and saw that live. The episode I saw live was about Jack Frost.
0: It's a true, which is weird because they have Jack Frost Keaton, yeah, which is like uh, way creepier than it should be. Family, and then they had Jack Frost, awesome serial killer, like where he's J- Shannon Elizabeth's bathwater. Oh yeah, <laughs>
1: Jack Jack Frost is legitimately like a religious horror movie you could make that argument pretty easily
0: like right but i'm saying the one where he's the bathwater because it has a quirky comedy to it almost less creepy than the keaton version the keaton version i just remember watching it as a kid and you just feel uncomfortable (laughs) you're like this is not okay why would you think this is what i want it's so uncomfortable it's so awkward but yeah uh
1: there's (laughs) But, yeah, the fact that they were like, oh, well, I guess we shouldn't watch The Thing. It's too bloody. So let's watch Jack Frost, where a guy dies, becomes a snowman, yeah. and just like tortures his family for like yeah. the entire winter.
0: I don't want you to be afraid of the thing that won't happen, right? Shapeshifting alien. Let's just really get in that brain and scar you up. It went well for me when that was done yeah. to me as a child.
1: <laughs> Again, another, th- I was actually thinking about this too because this movie, like the Jack Frost movie itself, technically confirms that God exists. And sends people back to Earth as snowmen.
0: Or something exists.
1: So, oh no, it's God. God. It's God. Is it? It it confirms that Catholics and Christians are correct. That's what that means. It could be Odin. It's not Odin.
0: Why are we so on Jack (laughs) Frost?
1: Because this is like, but this is important because Riley Keough's character, uh, Grace, Grace has this like huge emotional breakdown. She was kind of raised in this religion. She's the only survivor of this insane religious cult that were like uh Mm -hmm. heaven's gate murder suicide people and she chooses not to watch the thing but instead jack fucking frost there's a fucking subtle irony to that that i am definitely i'm definitely with but you know that that's where it was coming from
0: perhaps yeah i mean it's it's really i that's what i mean i i love and hate once they lock themselves in the house right because once the dad's gone you're like Finally, like now I don't have to deal with just yelling at my TV constantly. right every decision he makes is fucking insanity. Fucking insanity, right? And so now you're like, all right, we got these kids, we got her. And next thing you know, a pretty good thriller starts unfolding, yeah. right? It's just kind of good is there a supernatural element? Is there something going on? Um again, I think this movie suffers a little bit like Goodnight Mommy, where the reveal feels kind of weak. You know what I mean? Where I was like, well, I was really, that's, into. that's it. how
1: we're going. Like I was super into, I'm like, whoa, this is kind of fucking cool. Like this is one of those like really scary, um, uncomfortable, awkward things to like put people through. And you're like, yes, this is great. Like yeah. these guys are going to end up like, I-, I was like on the beat. I'm like, Oh, these guys are going to like end up having to like come to grips that they are together in this like horror. And that's really cool. Right. And then the reveal, and you're like, oh, fuck. These kids are fucking monsters.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, this, because that's the thing, right? This is one of those hard screenwriting things, right? You set this up, and there's three options. There is a supernatural entity attacking them. Uh, the kids are crazy, or the adult is crazy, right? So it is it is a hard tightrope. How do you generate tension? And from the start of the film we're we are led to believe that she is crazy, right? yeah, someone who doesn't look like either of the kids to me in the reflection is watching her naked, right, so there's this really uncomfortable you didn't think
1: that looked like predatory vibe Allen? and this like huh? I thought that looked like the kid,
0: see, I thought it looked like a little girl in like a fucking you know little house on the prairie dress, oh no, so I I assumed, was like oh I, this I, is I like gonna be one of her kid. like cult sisters because of the see, sc- I thought the it was supposed after. to be her as a kid watching herself as a woman with her boobs exposed and being like sinner, right? Like that's what I thought was happening, right? Sure. It was like her old self like she caught her on Girls gown Wild cuz she's showering was like, "Gotcha, bitch. Sin tape." Like that's what I thought was happening. But then I was like, so then you're watching, you're like, "But this is cuz they show her wandering the house. She's hearing sounds. Uh there's that real there are some great subtle horrifying scenes, right? Like yeah. her standing over the kid's bed and they wake up and she's just got a fucking gun in her hand now because the dad thought it was a good idea to give her a gun right Right. (laughs) crazy shit so there are great moments like that but as an audience you start watching you're like all right they're setting us up so much that she's having visions there's no way yeah it's impossible to believe this is where it's going so now you're down to this is going to be something supernatural or it's the kids right And I was, and then, so, you know, a little bit, halfway, halfway point of the movie, I'm just like, God damn it. Please, please, please don't let this be mischievous, kids. I was like, please, God, don't. Because this is the problem with, this is where the movie starts kind of rubbing me wrong. And where the cruelty feels unfocused and unimportant and just kind of obscene to me right like because this is the thing in a movie a horror movie you usually have to work to kind of show that someone like the horror and the, the trauma they're experiencing is on some greater path or a journey right. or someone's being punished right for past transgression something like that right and i was just like this girl right grace was a victim she's done nothing wrong right this led again to me and my wife have every movie we've watched for our podcast like the last five have led to really bad arguments with me and my wife most things I just like to, you know, devil's advocate it. But I was like <laughs> – I was like, she did nothing wrong. She's not married. Like, why is that – that make her – she's like, she's a bad person because she had an affair. I'm like, she didn't fucking have an affair. She's not married. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, he. he's to blame. Yeah. Uh, FYI, guys, wives don't like that argument at all. <laughs> I don't know why I still think it's sound. But this – so I'm like – so I didn't see – I didn't want Grace to be just the – you know, the, the subtly psychotic killer, right? No. So I think it kind of stops this. There are these nice little moments. Like, I liked her explaining her dog, and there are nice little moments of, like, this woman trying to get back on track that I liked. And I didn't want to see that unraveled in a lifetime way. Right. And the kids have gone through enormous amounts of trauma, right? Right. And their dad is obviously just traumatizing the fuck out of them on the daily. <laughs> I don't want to then turn and be like, ah, oh, well, the kids are... Spoiled rich white kids, so they're just gonna break this woman psychologically. Yeah. And so you just kinda see the writing and you're like, I feel bad for all three of them. And it's coming to this horrific train crash of an ending where I don't want to see any of them punished.
1: Yeah, I feel like like it's interesting because I agree, like while we were watching it, I was very uncomfortable with like where it was going. And as soon as the reveal happened that it's just plucky kids deciding to fuck with the babysitter essentially Cuz listen, right. when I was younger, I fucked with our babysitters constantly. But I'll tell you what I never did. I never made them believe that they were in purgatory and no know, knowing full well that they had <laughs> knowing full well they had been through something horribly God. psychological and close to that already. But like,
0: yeah, I never murdered their dog. I guess you could say that was an accident. But I'll tell you what you never see in the whole movie is that dog leave its dog bed. No. <laughs>
1: so so, the thought that it
0: just was like, I'll go saunter out to a foot of snow and not the bark.
1: kids, 100%. But
0: more to yeah. the. And I'm like, once you make kids dog murderers, you're changing these characters. Right. I think that's a the lot. thing
1: is like, the kids are so. The kids, <laughs> so by the reveal, the kids now are completely culpable. <clears throat> and like, it starts yeah. to do this thing where they try to like make it like, well, the kids now are like reaping what they sow. I'm like, no, that is not true. Like, if this was right. like that, they literally would be like, I don't know shoved it would be like a knock knock thing and they'd be like buried up to their head and like in snow or something like that's like an equitable that's an equitable distribution of punishment for like a horror film
0: but what the it's also hard too because it gets into this kind of like there there are just moments that are so wildly implausible yes right like the 50 snow angels you didn't see the fucking boot prints like you didn't think to go out and get a closer. Well, what, like, about... what about the scene when they just carry her out into the snow? What about, right? Like, I don't care how drunk you get her even carrying my wife, right? My, my wife probably, you know, taller and heavier than them. But I was like, I'm a lot bigger than that kid. It would be hard to just carry someone out into the snow and not leave fucking tracks. And so I was, that's where I was like, there's something extra. Cause this is the other thing, right? Like when she gets lost, And somehow gets turned around and is perfectly on the path back to the cabin. And so this is where that ending started to really bother me. So all of the great work of the film and the great performances was falling apart in my head. Right. And so at the end of the movie, I started thinking. And this is the thing that I got caught on. I was like, what the fuck was the purpose of that fucking dollhouse? And that's when it all clicked into place for me. And I know I have my classic Josh Griffey theory. I don't think – I think this movie is actually hell, right? I think this is the classic, uh, you know, are we getting, all ye who are you, enter abandoned are, hope moment. Are you
1: saying we're getting sane elsewhere in this movie?
0: Yeah, 100%. But see, this is the thing. I, I hate when movies do the what you've seen doesn't isn't really happening, so there are no dramatic stakes, right? I think this movie is happening, and I think it's all happening to Alicia right, cool. Silverstone's character, Right
1: all right, you're going to need to explain that
0: because
1: she died. Okay.
0: So. Yes, exactly. But that's why so I believe. So you're saying I it's like you. a
1: theater of the mind thing or?
0: No, 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 no. I think this is actually her suffering in the hell that she created. And here's a couple pieces of evidence, right? Oh, that I've laid out. I
1: see what you're getting at. Okay.
0: Right. Because, I mean, even down to the point, as soon as they showed uh, Riley Keough's character, whatever her name is, I was like that's a really interesting casting decision. She looks exactly like young Alicia Silverstone to me. Right. Right? Like not like clueless Alicia Silverstone, but what this version of Alicia Silverstone could have looked like. Right. And I was like this dad's got a fucking type, right? <laughs> so this is this is my this is my argument, right? Cuz as soon as I watched the end of the movie, I could not explain a couple things, right? I couldn't explain the nosebleed. I couldn't explain the dollhouse. There are a couple things that were bothering me, right? Right. So I went back and restart the movie. And if you restart the movie right after you finish it, something jumps out and becomes insanely shockingly clear right off the bat. And to me, it is this, right? The first thing we see is this jumping around of the dollhouse, right? So we see that this inner dollhouse that is the lodge, right? Like, first off, they have a replica dollhouse of this fucking lodge. yeah. Whatever. Yes. I feel like later in the movie, when he finds it and they did all the red rum writing on it and shit, it doesn't look exactly like the lodge, right? So we cut through. And this, I mean, they even have that creepy Virgin Mary post, like painting in the little dollhouse. They have a little tiny gun, right? Right. And they have four dolls in the house, not including the doll that represents the mother. So the first scene of the movie is her walking into the room. And they do a close-up on her eyeball looking through the window of the dollhouse. And to me, that shot is the entire movie. This is the hell she's created, is there is someone else in this house with her husband and her kids living in this lodge that she wants, right? We see later in their birthday gift to dad, uh, right, the the footage of her enjoying her time at the lodge. Her, uh, you know, the Grace character wearing their mother's snow right, hat. yeah, which bit. was
1: a big fucking to-do.
0: Right, and then even when she sees that ghostly figure under the water, right, it's a faceless character that looks like her wearing the hat right. and then is grabbed by the cultist father or whatever. So I think the movie's telling us is that that is her fucking prison, right? Right. Then she picks up the doll that is wearing the exact same dress she is. That's her daughter's doll she's playing with, blah, blah, blah. My next piece of evidence, right, that I, I was stuck on, is when we go to the house, the dad is adamant. That the woman is not at his house. Right? But when she pulls up, she sees a lady, a faceless lady in the window. Right. When she goes into the kitchen, she sees a faceless lady, the back of her head, running out into the garden. I find it, even for this guy, ridiculous to believe that as he's about to drop this news on her, he would risk getting caught with his dick and the new girlfriend. Right? It feels like even him... He would not have her in the house and lie and say she's not in the house when she's trying to make a getaway. And the fact that they never show her face is wildly important to me. Because then she can project herself onto the faceless woman, right. right? The younger version of herself, right? Right. That, I think, is important, right? The next piece of evidence to me, when they get to the cabin, they say all of the religious paraphernalia is hers. Right? Right. Alicia Silverstone could have been. This is the long one that my wife doesn't agree with. She could have been the traumatized cult member that he actually met and married.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know about
0: that. I think, I think you could make the argument that the character we see in that footage is actually Alicia Silverstone. Cause we don't see that scene until after it happens. She becomes this cartoonish character of a, you know, like a thriller movie girlfriend, right? A scary girlfriend. Sure,
1: sure, sure.
0: Anyways, that might be a bit of a stretch, right? There's another connection between the two. The way the shots where the daughter from the backseat is looking at them, look at themselves in rearview mirrors. Right? right? So Alicia Silverstone's kind of like, you know, blah, 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 not as confident, trying to get her stuff on, notices her daughter watching. There's this little moment, right? She's still trying to church it up for him. Right. When the other girl walks up to the car the first time through foggy, clouded glass again, so her face is obscure, right. she gets in. She's putting on her makeup in the mirror and looks up and smiles, right? This is her... This, this gets to my other point, though, right? This is the big one. I, for the life of me, this theory has one big gaping hole, right? Which is, if I am truly to believe that this is Alicia Silverstone's point of view and her living her own hell, why does she make her children dog-murdering psychopaths? Because <laughs> it totally explains away why the father is the worst character in the history of movies. Okay. Right? Yeah. It totally explains away the fear of this other woman becoming unglued and un- this scary, you know, mentally unstable woman who's going to hurt her kids. It explains away the the nonsensical moments of the children tricking her, Right. With, like, her getting lost and then coming back to the house, which is ridiculous. Needle in a hay, right? And the 360 degrees, she picked the one degree that takes her right back to the house. Right. Right? So it explains away a lot of those moments. The one I couldn't figure out for the life of me. Why? Oh, why? Does she make the kids dog-murdering psychos that torture this girl? That's the hard sell. And I have a theory on that, too. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Does anything leap out in your mind? Well, the kids... I mean, it's
1: tough. I mean, because you think about... In relation to your theory, would you think that maybe, like, it's about what you... Maybe that's the penalty for what you leave behind. Maybe that's the hell itself, is that instead of your kids, you get these cracked mirror versions of your kids. You get these, like... Right. You get these like um, you know, goateed evil versions like in Star Trek.
0: <laughs> See, I think you're on to something there, because to me I think it's a two a two prong attack on that, right? Right. One, this is what your kids will be when you're not there. Right. So through all of her pain, what she does is choose to leave her kids, right? Because she can't endure the pain anymore, right? That's the hardest I'm sure part when you're imagining, you know, these things, and I've had to deal with this with someone near me. You know, that, that leaving people behind, especially two kids, man. So I, I I think there's probably a version of, oh, I'm not there to protect them. Look at how they're going awry. This lady's attacking them. Maybe. There's another scene, though, that really struck me, which is the doll that she hands her daughter, right, that represents her. The daughter and the son are in the backseat playing with it, and the fucking kid from it rips its arm off. Yeah. And she's like, you better hope it goes back together, right? Something like that. And then I was like, oh, man, this is like a deep mother thing that my wife has explained to me, right? This loss of control of your own body and how much you have to give to the life you create. I mean, I'm sure for moms, that's like a mind-blowing experience. But there's possibly, possibly a part of Alicia Silverstone that somewhat is like looking at these kids and like, man, because I gave so much to you and this and that, I became the broken toy that your dad didn't want to play with anymore. Keep... Right, so I think maybe there's some subtle bits of that, right? Sure. Not saying like she's like, My fucking kids. You know, I knew they'd murder a dog eventually. <laughs> but I think that's what I mean. When you're creating your hell, the hell is going to play to the extremes of right. your fear. Well, that's like And what I think is if you go back and watch the movie, oh. right, up until the funeral, I think it is a master class in subtly laying out the things that this okay. woman most then... dreads.
1: Okay, this... and these
0: elements that are creating this All terror. Right,
1: this closes the gap on your theory, I think. The kids being the way they are is the horror that mm-hmm. maybe le- you've left them, you've left your kids not like, you know, we're, we raise our we're raising our children, we're trying to raise them the right way, trying to make them good people. The horror is that you've raised these little monsters, so you left mm-hmm. you left these kids in the lurch. So the horror would be that you think you have raised kids that can like handle themselves, but in reality, they have fucked up you they're they're so fucking it's not that they're fucked up they're just evil so instead of leaving good people on this earth of like the best party because our kids are these extensions of ourselves we're trying to make things better for them because you know we experience that life a certain way we want to make sure that it you know every generation wants to improve the next generation by making life better for them so maybe the mm-hmm. idea would be in hell her children are are these reflections on her own self on her own selfishness perhaps so really yeah.
0: or even just on a bigger scale right this is a woman who would have especially if i i think if i watched it and really focused in i could probably find a and again none of this might be true this is just how i'm choosing to interpret the movie and i think it solves my big problems with the film right yeah but I think there's probably a way, and I don't know if it's the mark on her hand, the cross on her hand, or something. I bet, I bet there is a clue somewhere that I could tie that mom, Alicia Silverstone, to being another one of his book projects, right? I bet you could fucking find that. Even before she kills herself, what does she do? She straightens up some books on a table. So I was like, there's got to be something there if I really had more time to find it. Right. And if you find that, then the whole thing explodes, right? but this is what i mean not i mean even to your point right like maybe i have given birth to evil i'm not there to protect them maybe it's just this woman who has had all these trust issues and abuse issues possibly i mean i wouldn't it's just like are there any good people period i mean
1: i don't even think it's necessarily i gave birth to evil evil i think it's so much more psychologically well, the, the
0: world will come and take them anyways right?
1: right like it's so much more psychologically horrifying than that like to me yeah the true fear of having a child now, besides like the ever impending doom of the world is simply like, <laughs> like the thing that scares the shit out of me the most is that I'm going to put them out in the world and they'll be the worst version of me. Like that I think is yeah. probably, and that's an issue. Inter- like, I mean, in me in relative terms, I'm not that self-involved, but at the same time, like that is essentially what it is. Like you want to make sure that your kids are, You want to make sure that you're telling your kids the right things, teaching them the right things. So for the kids to become that, these little psychopaths who are willing to torture a woman simply because she likes their dad, the fear. I mean,
0: to be fair, she did know that she was cackling real loud. She was like, hey, teenager who's probably trying to quietly jerk off in a room already with a sister. It's a creepy hard time to be that age. True. True. Let's add this extra layer of problem on this, right? So I understand him being pushed over the edge, but Jesus, sure. Knows. But that's,
1: <laughs> but like, beside that, you and you, like, right. on the global scale, when you think about it, it's, yeah. I mean, it, I think it works. Your theory is sound. I don't think yeah. it's outside the realm of possibility,
0: is, right? But like, I mean, so I think that explains almost the entire movie to me. All the problems I start having in the arbitrary nature of let's just punish these three people that i don't find worthy of being punished right in such cruel manners when you think of it of here's alicia silverstone always looking into the dollhouse and unable to you know fit in and participate anymore these are just watching her worst fears extrapolating out right and then i think the imagery of the cult father, right? The big bearded fucking Rasputin preacher. That house that she finds in the wilderness and knocks and no one answers, right? Yeah. Uh, You know, because now she's in hell. Like, no one's coming. No religious people are coming. And her walking back, her seeing the vision of being pulled under. I think these are kind of caricatures of, you know, these kind of religious symbolisms that she's struggling with. Right. And this is what she will have. Because that's the other thing. I I mean, I still can't explain away the dog all the way. But all I know about the dog is – because this is what she says too, right? Is this is my symbol of a new life, right? And then once that dog gets killed, it all goes bad, right? So maybe it's just as simple as this is supposed to be, like, the last bit of decency leaving and being ripped from her again. Because, again, me and my wife, we have a dog, right? We have a a younger dog. And I was like, you take a dog to a house they've never been with people they don't know – and the dog just sits quietly and nicely in that bed for a couple days? No way. No. No. That's a supernatural dog, motherfuckers. Yeah, that's like that a, is Michael Landon. That's like an angel. That's like a way to Damien
1: a Omen 2 protector dog.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, like, the opposite, right? Like, he's like, it's a Watu the Watcher dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just here to chill and eat eat some Alpo, guys. I'm not going to intervene. Hey, stop watching her shower. Naughty, naughty. Right? That dog has, like, a Niles Crane voice. <laughs> But that's, I mean, as soon as I saw that dog, I'm like, something's not right here. Something's not right with this motherfucking dog. It doesn't bark. It's not going. I mean, it does bark in a spirit, right, a couple times. But, But yeah, I mean. the, The other one was the nosebleed, which I think might just be as simple as her fantasy opening up, right? Her being aware, right, that something is off. With her body in this place. I think it might be as simple as that. It could be. I mean- And again, I don't know that any of this theory holds any water. But there is another scene that I think, again, that the filmmakers are taking a lot of steps to say, hey, man. Second half of this movie, we're giving you shining level brutality, but with no kind of like fun supernatural shield, right? The shining without the supernatural bits. Is just agony to watch. Just a dad trying to beat his son's head in with a an axe or a bat. Yeah. You wouldn't be that interested in that, but you put a little ghost in, and we can pull out, right? And that's what this movie does. Is like, hey, just watch these three seemingly decent people fuck each other up yeah. and probably all die at the end, right? I, and when you see the dad get shot, you're like, well, that's he had that coming for sure. Yeah, I mean,
1: one's yeah, but the other three. <laughs> that's like one of those. So that's one of those moments in a movie. Watch. I'm like, this, man, that was very overdue.
0: Yeah, I was like, this was going to happen eventually with this Cavalier dick-throwing motherfucker. <laughs> it was going to happen to him, right? right. Just, I mean, he gave her the fucking gun. And so that 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 part, I'm like, I don't care. But that's what I mean. Watching these three get destroyed. And then I was like, oh, okay. So if there is this supernatural art house element, then it just becomes this really – then it becomes more fun to watch and enjoyable to watch because – now we are watching this woman create her own fears right. instead of being like, here are two children who legitimately are going to get their fucking lives ended because they pranked their dad's girlfriend and it got way the fuck out of control. <laughs> yes. You know, and that's a harder movie to sell. I think so. Than this. But here's the scene. Right. So they're at their mom's funeral. All these fucking balloons. Right. We're going to release the balloons. That's her soul going to heaven. Right. Her black soul, which was a weird choice. I was like, that's strange. But, Maybe some white balloons for the soul. Black dress to show mourning. White balloons for heavenly soul. Not fucking... This is not the black parade, guys. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? But what happens in that scene? Do you remember? The
1: doll comes back down.
0: Her doll that represents her refusing to leave. Which I think might the be scene. the most important my thing iconography is everything's fake. to actually support yes. your claim
1: here. That might be the most yeah. important piece of evidence that actually puts this forward. Because that, to me ultimately symbolizes that she's not gone at all, that that's where she right. is.
0: Right. That she is still actively here and a part of the film. Also and that scene to me, I was like that in the eyeball in the dollhouse. I'm like, all right, they are trying to tell me the faceless, every woman that's taken her man, the absolute utter stupidity of the husband. Right. Like they literally have a scene that says six months later, he's like, well, it's time for me to, you go listen to me. Fuck my new girlfriend in the cabin. Like, that's going to happen, kids. Stop being assholes. And I was like, there's no way. Six months after that happened, like, even the worst dad would have to have a little couth. Also, did you (laughs) You know about what's
1: happening? Also, I thought, also, to go along with this, when, um, after Grace has, like, flagellated herself with the coals and everything, she comes upstairs, her face is burned, she has something etched in her cheeks, and I couldn't figure out what it said which was bothering me because I feel like that's important. Hmm. But the other thing too is that doll, she lights the head on fire first and her face is burned, which I think has a lot. I mean, it goes with your theory, man. There's a lot of things going on. The
0: head was also what she damaged in her act. Yep. I think she says specifically, like when she snaps, she says death is behind us now. I honestly think, right. I
1: think, I think the reason that your theory holds water and the reason it has to, to be honest with you is because otherwise this literally is a movie about like, Hey, you know what you shouldn't do? Fuck with people. End of story. Like that's like the movie. Yeah.
0: And that's what I mean. Right. Is that the very thing that bothered me about the movie made me want to turn the movie off. Cause I was so fucking just uncomfortable. I, at the end of the movie, when it cuts to black and the last thing we see is a loaded gun and granted I thought, well, maybe this is just me personally because, you know, some of the listeners know I dealt with this very issue, right? Like I lost a loved one, uh, you know, who by gun had an act like this and, you know, was involved in that process of mourning. And so when, you know, even when Alicia Silverstone uh, commits her act, I almost turned the movie off, man. Like there, there's just a movie. There's a fucking song, uh, you know, that was played during that event. And I'm like, you know, it's just hard for me to deal with. So I was like, maybe this is just you, but I was getting really upset at this movie. So I was like, I get it. These kids fucked up. I don't want to see them get fucking shot also. yeah. And I don't like the idea of this woman who is just reduced to a stereotype of she'll never escape her abuse. Right. That she's so easily gotten by these kids and she had this bad person inside of her that she was enjoying filming the bodies. You know, that's the one part, too, that I couldn't all the way explain away is. Her seeing the visions of the members under the purple blankets, right, throughout the the lodge scene. But I was like, to me, it's either Alicia Silverstone is the cult member that he married. And then when he gets a new play thing, she feels betrayed again, right? Or maybe Alicia Silverstone just, she was married to the guy when he started this project. Maybe she's seen all this footage. Right. And so it's extra like, why this girl? Why this fucking broken thing? So maybe that's Alicia Silverstone ascribing some more of that herself. But to me, that's what I mean, though. Now it's more The Shining. Now there is this extra layer of art house that pulls me away from this seemingly – Unjust brutality and cruelty that was bothering me. Well,
1: I mean, and I think that's probably the best way to look at it because otherwise it is just a brutal movie for brutality's sake. I think that's Yeah,
0: and that, that's what that's what really bothered me because there's that's, so much good storytelling going yeah, on.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what's great about this kind of movie is it sparks this kind of conversation because you and I are sitting here not just marveling at the brutality, we're sitting here trying to find an explanation for it. And I think that's the yeah. most important thing about the lodge and about movies like this is that you have to go a layer deeper. You can't just look at it on the surface. This is yeah. the same reason Hereditary is so good. Hereditary is great. It's yeah. in the same family as this kind of movie. And it's so great because it requires you to go another level. It can't just be crazy fucking people. Granted, you know, we started the pod by saying yeah. like, hey, this is in the genre well, of like I mean- rich entitled white people problems, but <laughs> If you go a layer deeper, yeah, I this think isn't maybe great. that's
0: the give, right?
1: But that, but if if you go <laughs> if you a layer deeper, if you watch it as a normal movie, you are
0: like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, rich white people, it's okay to slaughter them, right? Yeah, absolutely. We already did Ready or Not; it's fine if they're rich whites. <laughs> you are like, that's fine to watch them just devolve and beat each other up and kill each other, right? But that's what I mean. I think what is really cool about this movie is I think there are probably people who watch this movie, yeah. Like my wife, she didn't pick up on anything I saw, and she's like, I don't think it's crazy, but like she just watched it as. Just a human tragedy. And she's like, you know, shit like this just happens a lot. Yeah. Like, there's just senseless violence. And she actually looked at it that way. I mean, I think later, like, she helped me build this theory and was interested. Yeah. But maybe more as a thought experiment. But I think there's also a way to watch this movie of this lady who, going through both extremes, right? She sees the extreme of the cult and loses all of the friends and family she was raised with Uh, for nothing. Right. Nothing good came out of that. None of their prophecies happened. No. And then at the end, I don't think it's saying, look, the prophecy did happen. You are a sinner. But I think maybe she just looks and she's like, fuck, man, I tried. I tried. I tried. And look what fucking happened. Well, so maybe there's a nihilism to grace. She's just like, fuck, I'm like, why do we struggle with this? So, sure. I mean, I think you can watch it either way. But I think that is what is fascinating about this movie is that it doesn't go so art house to where it's, you know, there are a lot of movies like this. They go way out on the style and the spookiness and ghost stuff. And then, you know, average audiences are like, fuck that, man. Just tell me a story. Yeah, I mean, that's... And I think this one is a master class. And you get the art h- house stuff up front to give us a lot of right. clues. But it plays exactly like a normal narrative of just people going through a horrible event. And then you can also just watch the last part is people going through a horrible event. So it, it, it has all that stuff without getting in the way... Of the product, and I—I I mean that is really hard to accomplish. So when I when I went back and rewatched the first half again, I was like, man, I love this movie. I love what this movie's trying to do and accomplish, you know. So it went from a, I'm going to turn this fucking movie off to like my my hair being blown back, right? You know, I really really love this movie.
1: I mean, it's great. It, it, I mean, when you do it that way, when you think about it in that in that direction, it becomes a much better movie than just simply. Fucked up people. I I, I would prefer to yeah. I'd prefer to watch a movie like that and have this kind of discussion after watching it, so that you can dive deep enough. And that's like the beauty of these kinds of movies is they're always going to require a little more homework, and not in a bad way right. either. So yeah, well, for, for yeah, that, and I don't like, even know
0: if require, but they allow yeah, you. I mean, to I, do think in, I think I think in you that, that respect, that's, that's where way.
1: the lodge succeeds
0: roundly. Oh yeah, because that I mean, once we got to the part where I'm like he's ratchet strapping himself to the ceiling with the noose. I was like, what the fuck is the S?
1: Well, yeah, that, when that, start ha- that thinking was part about part it. Like, Kids aren't that smart.
0: <laughs> but I was like, even if they are like, that's your, like,
1: why that's your
0: play? Yeah. You know, I mean, I was like, this is like getting into some home alone shit now. <laughs> like that's a lot of theatricality yeah. to convince her that we're already, d- I mean, it, it just took this turn where I was like, this is, somewhat it was unappealing to me and yeah. then it's like so we have this goofy home alone reveal into here is just gut-wrenching brutality but then I, you know again i think if you pull back from the movie and look at a lot of the you know the really good storytelling that's happening i trust and want to believe that these were not just filmmakers and actors saying hey man do you want to see some fucking seemingly decent piece people get fucked up <laughs> you know? like i would like to imagine a little more was going on and and i think the pieces are there right. i think but i think it's cool that a movie can be both you know what i mean yeah agreed it's good centipede in the sheets art house in the streets you know what i mean that's that's the kind of movie i'm looking
1: for. well done that that is that is an all-timer right there <laughs>
0: whoa just thought of that just thought of it. orson wells for the common man finger guns orson wells would never do finger guns Stop. yeah no. I'm common you've just totally lost your i'm among you your,
1: your, your, no more no more orson wells in the comedy. yeah
0: room. he tried to keep some mystery i keep the cheeto dust in my beard so people know i'm among the peoples <laughs> that's it guys that's the lodge i hope you guys liked it as much as i did i would love to hear if you think that alex and i did a good enough job laying out this theory of the movie if there's more evidence or a different theory that you guys had do you think i'm full of shit i would love for you guys to reach out on our social media film alchemist one on twitter film alchemist pod at gmail.com uh we got facebook all the good stuff reach out let us know am i full of shit or did did i see something here are you guys with me on this uh but most of all man watch the lodge on hulu it's fantastic there are so many good indie movies especially indie horror movies that are on yeah. there that you guys could support man we've done a couple i trapped the devil is another uh noteworthy hulu find for us but get on there find these movies man share them with your friends that means a lot to movies like this i think uh but yeah man i i love what the lodge accomplished and i am stoked for them to keep making movies for a long long time i mean it's
1: just it's the beauty of the streaming age we get it we get it we get it everywhere it's
0: wonderful that's right a movie that would have come and gone and you know good luck finding it now we find it, man. Uh, so for the Film Alchemist, uh, please leave a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcast app. Follow us on YouTube, Nerd Alchemist, plural with an S at the end. Uh, and as always, man, thanks Comments. for being with us. Subscribe, all that good stuff. Yeah, comment. Uh, for the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffin. I'm Alex
1: Tandy.